0: and welcome to All Pacers, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans. I am Jeremy, and I'm joined by, as always, by Jack and Breezy. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing all right, Jeremy. Sweaty.
0: (laughs) How are you doing, Jeremy? Good. We're coming to you bright and early at 11 a.m. here in Indiana. Yeah. uh,
1: Bright and early.
0: Yeah.
2: Early day for me. (laughs) It's a groggy day.
0: (laughs) Kind of rainy outside. It's not even bright. It's dreary and early. Dreary lane. But yeah, we're here. The Pacers season is over. Been over. Getting hyped for some off-season stuff coming up that we're pretty excited about, hopefully. So uh, let's kick this thing off, as we usually do, with the stat of the day.
2: Man, this is a special stat of the day. And you want to know why? Cause I'm not BSing when I say I was at this game. I really was at this game. Wait, so,
0: you have you been lying to us? No,
2: but I was really <laughs> engaged and at this game. Because you were engaged? Congrats on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, you know I have an ex-wife. This is common knowledge. I got kids running around out there somewhere. God knows where. If you see them, send them back. <laughs> to you? To me? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Um anyways, you guys know where you were on February 7th, 2014? I do not. No, home. Home. I can tell you I was in Indianapolis cuz I was in school in Indianapolis, but also I was at this Pacers game where they played the Blazers and won in overtime, 118 to 113, and our good friend George Hill might have had the best game of his career on in any of his stops. He had thirty seven points, nine rebounds and eight assists. He also hit a tying three. Wow. With oh nice. Like eight seconds left uh to send the game to overtime. So he's twelve and nineteen from the field, shot eleven of twelve from the free throw line, just to tell you how different of a time this was in the NBA and it was only Barely seven years ago, uh, the Pacers shot 13 threes in this game, Jeez. and the Blazers shot 20. Uh, last night, the Blazers shot more than twenty threes threes in the first half <laughs> <laughs> in game three against the Nuggets. So, the NBA has come very far. But on the other
0: hand, you could have told me the Pacers shot 13 threes last season, and I would have believed you.
1: That too, yeah. That's just... That was just a Nate McMillan thing.
2: Yeah,
0: hey,
1: sure. I went ahead and looked up this game as well that you're talking about. Uh-huh. Listen who was on the bench for this, Jeremy. Uh Earl Watson, CJ McCollum, who played twelve minutes, Darrell Wright, Will Barton did not play, oh. and Myers Leonard did not play.
0: Wow. Good foresight <laughs> from the, the from the Blazers there.
1: Uh
2: also you forgot to mention Kansas standout Thomas Robinson. Yes. Who went toe to
1: toe with Anthony Davis played in with the, the, the Marcus National Championship game? The, the Marcus Markee Morris twins. In Kansas, were they on that team? Yeah, they were Kansas. Team? I don't know if they were on the championship team, but they played team. together.
2: Oh, I thought Robinson was like a one and done.
1: I think Robinson's junior senior years when the Morris twins were th- coming in.
0: How long have they been in the league?
1: The Morris twins?
0: Yeah, they've been in the league ten years, right? I don't know. I felt like yeah. I felt like they were pretty old.
1: When Robinson was a rookie, he was twenty one. Okay, so, so he, he would have come after his junior year. It looks like three yeah.
2: years. Yeah. Uh, also, Dame Lillard had 38 points in this game. That's the only time that I have seen him in person, and uh, he was incredible. So,
1: Oh, hey, two friends of the All Pacers podcast played this game. Two, or one of them did. One of them did not play. But C.J. Watson had 14 minutes. Chris Copeland did not play, which was a joke. He should have started and played 40 minutes. Over? George, uh, Paul George. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Uh, breezy. We've both seen really good George Hill games because I was at the George Hill triple double game against the Cavs. There whenever you. LeBron was there last time, unfortunately, LeBron and Kyrie, neither one were playing. It was uh, the Pacers oh, versus Kevin uh,
2: Love. I remember you guys going to that game. Now, yeah. yeah. Well, we
0: have we have another friend who's a he's a big LeBron fan, and uh, the running joke was every time he went to see LeBron's teams, LeBron sat, and yep. it happened to him. For a long stretch of time.
2: Haven't done when he went to Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Oh, to you see them. You were at the game February 27th, 2015? I was there, yeah. When George Hill had 15 points, <laughs> 12 assists, and 10 rebounds, yeah. while shooting 27% from the field? Yeah. Great game. Wow, I can't <laughs> believe I found that. I clicked on one stat. I was like, I bet this is it.
0: I, d- I can't imagine he has very many triple-doubles.
1: Uh, I, d- I, d- I didn't click on a triple-double. I clicked on 12 assists. Oh. In yeah. twenty fifteen, I was like, I wonder if this is the triple double game he's yeah. talking about. It was. Uh, leading score for the Pacers off the bench. Rodney Stuckey. Yeah, I was a
0: big Rodney Stuckey guy. You I was, I was on board with him. You know,
1: that seems like your type of guy anyways. <laughs> the O'Shea set kind of like pre evolution.
0: Yeah. Just give me give me the guy off the bench who's gonna contribute. He's not, ev- and not everyone's on board with this guy, but I, I ride a die for those. Bit guys. Bit of a spark plug. Yeah.
1: I just want to clear it up, too. I don't think he's the pre-evolution of O'Shea Brissett. But yeah, that's rude to O'Shea. <laughs> the pre-evolution.
0: <laughs> I understand what you're getting at, though. That, that's that's rude to O'Shea.
1: <laughs> Man. Mm.
0: All right, hey, great stat. The Pacers actually won that game. That's huge. Yeah. You don't get that very often.
2: No. And that's not by design, either, by the way. <laughs> it's not my fault when I go to a guy's game highs, and I click on his highest point total or his highest – whatever total, and I click it, that the game is a loss. And People it's actually, think I do this by design. It's
0: actually kind of strange because the Pacers don't have very many losing seasons. So that the guys are doing these and losing games, it's kind of weird. It's
2: probably because they weren't being a good teammate. Exactly. When
1: you guys get on Basketball Reference, do you get a lot of fungus eliminator ads?
2: I get a lot of weird ads, but I'm sure I'll have fungus eliminator. I, had, I don't
0: ever pay attention to ads. i have to the point where I can just kind of like block them out. Right now on there, I have a Bayer ad for some aspirin. Oh, oh, and now it's Xfinity. Okay, so there you go. So, so no, no fungus ads. <laughs> Just yeah, normal ones. For I me.
1: I noticed it because there was a big yellow toenail <laughs> on this ad. It was really gross. And you know, does that mean I'm gonna have toe
0: fungus in the future? Yeah. I hope does. not, man. I hope not. They have <laughs> the they have the MVP predictor. They also have a toe fungus predictor. <laughs> All right, a little bit of podcast news before we get on to some NBA and Pacers news. Uh, big announcement here. Stay tuned. Next week, we will have an interview with Jack and I interviewing AJ Moyer from the 2002 National Championship IU team. Runner-up. Runner-up. Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't
2: wrong, though. I mean, they were
1: in the National Championship. That's true. That's true. It, but it almost felt like when Paul George said his MVP year when he came right. in third for MVP. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so we're super excited about that. It was a really fun conversation. Uh, we did record that a couple weeks ago. So when AJ Moye mentions w- Russell Westbrook breaking the triple double record, that was happening in real time for us. Yes. <laughs> so, well, <don't> he
1: talks <laughs> about Demonis Sabonis. He was having a good game during the interview as well. And yeah. We talked about that too. But yeah. So
0: don't, don't ignore all that and just uh, also ignore the crying babies on <laughs> both sides of the camera. You
1: know what? Our <laughs> producer tried to cut out a lot of that. Uh, but you still hear some of it but yeah, yeah it's the a great crying
2: baby filter is very expensive <laughs> <laughs> and is that I, an I don't Instagram get the filter for <laughs> <it>. yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah that's a that's a really fun interview dude it was so fun so i hope you all go and listen to that also at the end of today's episode we have a a conversation with Tyler Smith from indiesportslegends.com so, stay tuned for that at the end of this one. It's another really fun conversation.
1: Yeah, we talk about the offseason coming up, uh, his predictions. And, I mean, if you're ever on Twitter, you see Tyler Smith yeah. tweets about the Pacers. Um, he's an insider. He knows what he's talking about. So, that's a lot of fun. It's a quick interview conversation. So, check that out.
0: All right. Let's uh, get to some Pacers news. Uh, this week, it was announced Kevin Pritchard will be staying on in his role with the Pacers. Jack, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I'm okay with it. I, I think he has a good track record for making deals. or for a team that doesn't like to make deals very often. I wrote down his four big ones, I think. I mean, you could really look at the big one being trading a disgruntled Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis. So we got four all-star games out of that, four all-star game appearances so far out of that. I mean, we'll see if Sabonis makes any more. Uh, TJ Warren got traded, or we received TJ Warren for cash considerations. Mm -hmm. Brogdon we got in a sign-and-trade deal, which was...
0: uh, Well we should have gotten without having to give anything up. That was Herb Simon being old school NBA guy who felt like <laughs> he needed to do a favor.
1: Every time you say Herb Simon's name is Herb. That's what it is. No, it's Herb. We've gone over this like no, 6 no, times. No,
2: no, I think it's it's Herb. <laughs> it's yeah, you herbal essences. Oh, his herbal first name's Herbal t- Essence. Herbal tea. No, but that's that's the
1: word, Herb.
0: It's like the Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. <laughs>
1: I saw a funny, I can only remember one at the, at the moment, but it was a funny, uh, like, I, I don't know if it was on Reddit or what, you know, I don't know much about Reddit, mm-hmm. but it was people giving celebrities real names, like T.I., they said his real name on Google, it was like, when you type in T.I.'s real name, it came up, Texas Instruments Calculator, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, we got Brogdon, I, I yeah. know that could have been a free agent, he was a restricted free agent though, correct? So like they were gonna match his deal. Uh
0: no, it was it was something weird. I don't remember the exact it was context. Weird. It but was like weird. they didn't actually need to give up anything for him and they did.
1: Oh. So Well then I will strike that from the record. <laughs> um and then the Karis Levert trade. Yeah. Big win. Big win for the Pacers. Uh, we got rid of a disgruntled Oladipo who I hate to say this, may never play an NBA game again.
0: I mean, I imagine he'll play again, but I can't imagine he's ever back at the level he was, Yeah, So which is really sad.
1: Yeah, and turns out he had a ruptured—his uh, quad was still ruptured mm-hmm. this entire time, too. So, I mean, obviously, we wish nothing but the best for Oladipo. Um, we've, we've been big fans of his on this podcast for sure, but that Karis LeVert trade was huge. I mean, yep. he did have cancer. The Pacers stuck with they him through it. that. And he beat it, and uh, that's a great look for the Pacers, and I think Kevin Pritchard did good there. Yes, there are bad Kevin Pritchard moves. You can especially look at the NBA draft. Yeah. But he's made some good moves. I'm okay with this decision to keep him around.
0: Yeah, I'm also okay with it. I was in the mindset where, like, if they moved on from him, I would have been on board, and if they kept him, I would have been on board. So I'm I'm fine with it, too. Mm. Uh,
1: Um,
2: Thing to point out, I just realized there's a weird thing with – Indianapolis sports newcomers getting cancer. Chuck Pagano had cancer. That's true. Karis LeVert got cancer. Uh, So hopefully... That's only two. That's only two. But it's... Hey, I can't think of any other cities where that's happened.
0: (laughs) Right. Which is a good thing. Uh, It's like that Phineas and Ferb meme where it's uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz talking to somebody and he's like, "Uh, if I had a nickel for every time blank happened, I'd have two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird it happened twice. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I
1: didn't know the meme at first that you were talking about. Uh, You know what? Phineas and Ferb was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah. it was Pretty wholesome.
0: Super fun to watch. Good songs. Yeah, I think it came out when I was in high school, maybe. I I still get the Aglet song stuck in my head sometimes. What's Aglet? It's the little... uh, Plastic thing on the end of the shoelace. Oh, it's called an aglet. It's an aglet. They had a song about it. It was a great song. Oh. <laughs> it's educational, man. Hey, they're, they're just teaching us more about our tennis shoes. Exactly. They teach <laughs> you more about everything. <laughs> uh, we haven't got any more news about Nate Bjorkran yet. Has your stance changed on him at all? No.
1: I, I don't think we'll see him back, um, especially with Kevin Pritchard sticking around. I would bet he had a good conversation with the ownership. Uh, and I bet it had to do, or part of it had to do with the organization needs to make some moves. And uh, I guess I'm guessing he agreed because he's still around. So I'm, I would bet that Nate Bjorkgren won't be our coach next year, and I'm going to stand with that stance.
0: Here's where I'm at, and I've seen this reflected by some uh, insiders on Twitter: is that the Pacers are going to hold on to him unless they have someone like, set to take over, like, a name that they know is going to be successful. Otherwise, they'll run it back with Nate Bjorkren because you don't want to risk it again with a with a, a new coach or someone you're not sure about, which they were sure about Bjorkren, but in hindsight, like, how sure exactly were we? So I think unless they have a guy lined up that they're 100% behind, I think we'll see Bjorkren again next year.
1: Boo. <laughs>
2: That's not fun.
1: Uh, Tyler Smith has uh, some good perspective on that at the end of this podcast, too, so stay tuned for that.
0: Uh, do you have any more Pacers news, Jack? Nope. A uh, quick whip around the NBA. Uh, any of these uh, playoff series intriguing you right now, you guys?
2: I love Knicks Hawks.
0: That's a fun one.
2: Oh, man. The I, energy in the garden.
0: I do feel like the Hawks might run away with it, though.
2: I wouldn't be totally shocked if they didn't. They just have so much more scoring than the Knicks, obviously. Mm. Trey Young has been excellent. You, you
1: don't think Alec Burks? Alec Burks was
2: excellent in game one. I mean, <laughs> he he was putting the team on his back. Uh, Randall, it, it kind of looks like the moment is too big for him right now, unfortunately. I do think
0: he looks like he's trying to force it a lot. Yeah. And he just needs to let the game come to him a bit more. There's been
2: moments... Uh, in the second half of both games where it looks like he's kind of found his footing. So uh, Nate McMillan, though, give your credit to him. Yeah. He hangs his hat as a defensive-minded guy, and they've played great defense on a guy who's probably going to finish top five in MVP voting. Um, and the the Knicks, I thought they made some great adjustments in game two on Trey Young. Uh, getting Nerland's Noel, it was good to see him play again. I think he makes a big difference in those pick and rolls. He does. Also, shout out to Taj Gibson. Who would have thought, (laughs) if you would have told me in 2021, Taj Gibson is playing Crunch Time Center for For the four seed? Yeah. Would not have believed you.
0: Uh, Can I run something by you guys? I had this idea that I think the NBA should take up this new uh, playoff format. Let's hear it. All right. So the first round stays at seven game series because I don't think they'll ever switch back to five. I so, wish they would. So, but so the first round stays at seven, unless a series a team goes down o three, then it's over.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh.
0: Because we don't we don't need another Bucks Heat game. Let's be honest. We don't. That's <laughs> that series could have been over at o two. Milwaukee
2: is so much better. than Same that. thing
0: if the seventy sixers beat the wizards tomorrow, like just end it. We don't need a fourth game. Because yeah. you get you get these guys resting, and then you end, and the series can get extended unnecessarily because the other team still wants to win. I just think if it goes down to 03, just go ahead and call it.
2: It's going to be three the top 3 seeds in the east are all going to sweep, they should at least. Yeah.
0: I I think it's a great idea cuz you don't and then you get you don't get all these blocks of games where you're trying to watch two at once and it's annoying. Yeah. And I think that's something the league should look at. So we'll we'll get on this. We'll get a campaign going.
1: And it's especially weird that these teams are sweeping cuz the Pacers aren't even in the
0: playoffs. That's,
2: that's true. So how are they... F- well, if they were if they were in the 4-5 matchup, the Knicks would probably just be dusting them, you know?
0: <laughs> Randall would... We wouldn't have this conversation. About we, we wouldn't.
2: Nate Bjorken would not know what to do with... <laughs> he wouldn't know
1: what to do with Derrick Rose or
2: Alfred Payton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's like, uh, Doug McDermott, do you want to go defend somebody? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> All
0: right, well, we will have... All sorts more news coming up for you in the coming weeks leading up to the draft and some free agency. Uh, right now, there's not enough, there's not a lot of new stuff coming out right after you end the season and while the playoffs are going on. So stay tuned here. We'll keep you all updated. And stay tuned on Instagram at all.pacers and on Twitter at all underscore pacers for all the latest news and updates there.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got a fun segment, though, coming up, don't we?
0: Yeah, we do. Longtime listeners will remember that some of our favorite segments – that we do throughout the year are All-Stars All, all stars against the Pacers and All-NBA against the Pacers. And that's what we have for you today is our All-NBA teams versus the Pacers. So, obviously, these are only in-games guys had against the Pacers. It's not their overall work compared mm-hmm. to the Pacers or whatever. Just... How they performed in Pacers games, did I explain it well, Jack?
1: Yeah, and this is mostly because we only watch Pacer games.
0: You only watch Pacers.
1: <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> yeah, this is uh just games against the Pacers. I don't know how you guys made your teams, but uh, a lot of this like a lot of these guys played two games or three games against the Pacers. For me, I left a lot of the one games against the Pacers off.
0: I had a rule that one game against the Pacers couldn't be on my first team. Okay.
1: So I had a similar one. I I do have a guy who had one game against the Pacers on my third team, I believe. Um, but yeah, I was trying to think of like how the NBA does teams like this. And if guys miss a lot of games then they're like, there's no shot. They're going to make the team. Yeah. I think there is a minimum anyways. So I, I made a minimum. It sounds like you did too. Austin, I'm sure you did too. And
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> nodding, but the people can't see that. Yeah. Yes, is, I didn't have anybody. A, uh,
1: it is an audio medium. <laughs> I uh, I didn't really tee it up like a question, though. I'll, I'll take partial blame for that.
2: I didn't have uh, anybody with one game.
1: Yeah, so uh, there there are some uh, arbitrary requirements from each of us, I'm sure, that's different. And, uh, are there arbiter requirements? <laughs> oh, Halo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, there are no arbiter requirements. Okay.
0: <laughs> and that's part of the fun for us. We like to keep it open so each of us leaves it up to our own interpretation and makes it a little bit more fun. Get some more varied lists as well.
1: Yes. So uh how do you want to do this?
0: Uh I think we just go you want to start with your first team and we'll see how they are how they compare. Yes. So first team. I went ahead
1: and put the wizards backcourt as my two guards. I'll
0: tell you what, so did I.
1: <laughs> I tell you what. So did I. <laughs> so they. Uh, so Westbrook averaged 27 points, 20 assists, and 18 rebounds in three games against
0: the Pacers. And I, d- I didn't do this for any of the other awards, but Westbrook was my MVP versus the Pacers.
1: <laughs> yes, I uh, didn't pick an MVP either, but I'm going to go ahead and give him MVP yeah. as well. Um, and I'm not including stats from the play-in game. I don't know what his stats were at this point. Uh, I don't remember them, right. but... In the regular season, he did average twenty-seven points, twenty assists, and eighteen rebounds against the Pacers.
0: And playing playing game stats, just disappear. Yes, they don't count to regular season or playoffs.
1: That is a flaw in the system. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the NBA is thinking with that, but um, yeah, they're just gone forever. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Westbrook's my my first guard, my second guard. I have Brad Beal. Yep. Thirty-eight points, five rebounds, three and a half assists, and he only played two games against the Pacers, but both wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my backcourt.
0: Yeah, and we all agreed with you, and we all agree. All right, that, so was, that,
1: that was really easy. That was. Re- I feel like our first teams are going to be pretty similar, and then once we get to second and third team, it might it might get a little. Yeah, we'll see varied. So we'll see. I mean, in the past we've had very similar lists. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to think of how uh, I've done this in the past and change it up a little bit, but uh, we'll we'll see. So next forwards, do you want me to go on this one too? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I have first of all the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, same thirty and a half points. Fourteen and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists, two and zero against the Pacers. Are you laughing at the way I said it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't even try. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> no. Ant te- Antetokounmpo.
2: You don't even. It's just, this is a- No,
1: I say I say it the proper way. Antetokounmpo. I feel like Antetokounmpo
2: would know how to say his own yeah, name. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll call him up. I'm sure he's listening,
2: <laughs> Giannis. If you're listening, his brothers might be. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> they don't do much else oh <laughs> <laughs> they probably have their airpods in on the bench you know yeah
0: probably costas uh, and thanasis if you guys are listening also please call in we'd love to talk with you and yeah
1: Al- and Mainly alex about is brother. there an alex
0: also i knew your names so that's a big deal that is a big deal so th- there you go
1: nba champion costas let's put yeah. some respect on that name uh and then my other four, i have kristaps porzingis dude same <laughs> Yeah, I feel like these teams are going to be I had a set. variance
2: right there. I had Ben Simmons as my other four. Oh, okay.
0: It's
1: oh. a good pick. Um, I'll go over Chris Tapps and then I, I can do the stats for Ben Simmons, too, if you want. But Chris Porzingis on my first team, he had 29 points, 15.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and went 1-1 one one against the Pacers. Yep. So he's the first one with a loss on this team, and actually the only one on my first team with a loss against the Pacers. But those stats are pretty good, and they don't lie. Yeah. Um, Austin, do you want to talk about Ben Simmons on your first team at all?
2: Uh, This was mainly just a pick
1: that I wanted to give Ben Simmons some
2: kind of award this year because I think he deserves (laughs) the real Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's not going to get it because they're going to give it to Rudy Gobert again, which I think is stupid, but whatever. Um, Ben Simmons, he averaged about three steals a game against the Pacers. He also averaged... I lost the number. I have it right here. <laughs>
1: yeah, give it to us. Here, I'll just I'll read it to you, and then you can read it. Okay, so nineteen point seven points. He
2: averaged nineteen point seven points, which is that's a lot. A tw- ben Simmons getting twenty points on you, you must be
1: playing some bad defense. <laughs> Six point seven rebounds.
2: Six point seven rebounds. That's pretty good. Probably because the
1: they blew him out. Five point three assists.
2: Five point three assists. That's pretty low, but probably because he was doing more scoring and they blew him
1: out. <laughs> yeah, and then like you said, two and a half or two point seven steals. Yeah, so we'll round that up to three. <laughs>
2: And just being an overall effective defender. Everything Ben Simmons does, this is real. It doesn't show up in the box score. So But yeah. this
1: but this does.
2: These steals, stats show up in the box do. score. Right yeah, here. steals do. You gotta get some
1: advanced stats to get kind of some of that other defensive um, stuff. And three rounds up to five, which rounds up to ten. That's right. <laughs> so in a way, ten steals against the Pacers per game. They went two and one against the Pacers this year too while Ben Simmons was playing. Respectable. Although, if you're the Sixers, you would have hoped to go 3-0. Yes. <laughs> but Ben Simmons was out the game that they lost. Can you take that away from Ben Simmons? Should should he have made your first team? Because when he was the only player without Ben Simmons, they lost to the Pacers. When Ben Simmons
2: was the only player without Ben Simmons? I mean,
1: without, have... what did I say? Without Joel When Joel Embiid was out against the Pacers, Ben Simmons was playing. Okay,
0: you really butchered that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that let's let's leave him right. on your first
1: team. <laughs> Yeah, just forget that. All as right, we'll, we'll strike move on. that. We'll edit that out. <laughs> hey,
2: Ben producer. Simmons is
1: on my first team. He is a forward along with Giannis. Okay, all right, Check. and then center. Jeremy, I'm guessing we have the same one. This is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I also yep. had Rudy Gobert. Okay, so 14 but I want to half-
2: give an honorable mention to Rashawn Holmes, <laughs> who, if you've listened to this podcast long enough or you've talked to me in real life, you know I love Rashawn Holmes. You give him
0: an honorable mention every podcast. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
2: He's got one of the best shots in the NBA. He's got a push shot that's on. Un- it's un- <laughs> un- You know, he never misses.
1: Uh, so Rudy Gobert, fourteen and a half points, nineteen and a half rebounds, mm-hmm. three and a half blocks, and went two zero against the Pacers. That's your first team. All NBA against the Pacers, and that's your first team center right there, Rudy Gobert. Yep. Okay, let, uh, Jeremy, I'm gonna let you do your second team.
0: All right. So uh, leading off my second team with the first guard, I have Trey Young. I don't have Trey Young. He had three games, 26.3 points, 3.3 rebounds, and 11.7 assists. He did go one and two, but those stats are still really good. So he made he made my second team. Who's your Who's your first second team guard?
1: I have James Harden. He's my second second team guard. I have James Harden. Uh, We'll talk about him. He has 24.7 points against the Pacers, 10.7 assists, and 8.3 rebounds, Mm -hmm. and a 2-1 record against the Pacers. He was just absolutely dominant when he played against the Pacers. That pick and roll where um, he's either going to lob it or do a floater, it's unguardable, and the Pacers couldn't figure it out. He really, like, if he (laughs) shot three more times, he'd probably be on our first team here, (laughs) but... I mean, it, it really was unguardable, and that's the biggest reason I had him on this team. With I mean, he's a borderline first teamer against yeah. the Pacers too. So, James Harden. Your or my second guard? Yeah, you said Trey Young and James Harden, correct? Yep. My second guard. I have Ben Simmons here. I actually put him as a guard. Um, 19.7 points, like I said, 6.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 2.7 steals, two and one against the Pacers.
0: All right, Ben Simmons did not make my list. So. Oh, okay. There you go. All right, with uh, my first forward on the second team, I have Carl anthony Towns. Okay. If you follow the NBA this year, they changed their voting rules, so some centers are eligible as forwards, which is really stupid. (laughs) But it works here because I've got Cat. 31 points, 11 rebounds, 3.5 assists in two games versus the Pacers. My other forward is Brandon Ingram. I have him. Two games, 30.5 points, 5 rebounds, 7.5 assists. He really... Went all out against the Pacers and went
1: one and one against the Pacers. Yeah. Um, I don't have Cat on my second team. I also don't have him on my third team. Oh, my second team forward is RJ Barrett. Nice. Who went two and one against the Pacers? He's on my third team. Okay, 25 points, 6.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and averaged. Seventy-eight point six percent from three. I have that written down. That as is well. strictly the only reason I put him <laughs> on my second team because his I'm sure his average, I know he's not a great three point
0: shooter. I don't know it right not now.
2: Not true. He really improved this year. Okay. 40,
0: ended up forty percent. There was a point at the beginning oh. of the season where he was shooting like eighty percent against the pacers and like twenty percent against the Not even yeah. twenty against everyone else. Yeah. yeah. But he did he really got better as the season went on. Oh, okay.
1: Well, then uh, I don't know anything about R.J. Barrett.
0: But the 78% against the Pacers is still incredible. It's
1: unreal. Yeah, and he did that in three games. He averaged 78% from three. So uh, he is my second team All-NBA versus Pacers forward with Brandon Ingram.
0: Nice. Yep. And then my center for my second team, only one game for this player against the Pacers, but it is Jonas Valanciunas because Uh, in that one. one game he had 34 points and 22 rebounds. That's such a good – I didn't even think
1: about – so I, when I was looking for my one gamers, I didn't even mm-hmm. look at him. I just saw the one guy that I picked. But uh, great pick. I ended up putting Nikola Jokic here, who okay. averaged 26 points, 13 rebounds, six and a half assists, and went 2-0 and against the Pacers. And
0: he's my third team center.
1: Okay. Awesome. So, uh, Jeremy, can you do a quick recap of your second
0: team? Yeah, my second team, I had Trey Young and James Harden as guards. Cat and Brandon Ingram at forward, and Jonas Valanciunas at center.
1: When you read that, it made it sound like Carl Anthony Towns is your small forward and Brandon Ingram (laughs) is your power forward.
0: Yeah, well, I had a bunch of guys written down, and then I was moving them around, so that's just where he ended up.
1: Yeah, Um, and then recap of mine. I have James Harden, Ben Simmons at guards, R.J. Barrett, Brandon Ingram at forwards, and Nikola Jokic at center. So third team. Oh, and uh, Austin just had his first team for this one. Um, he yeah, was, I got here late. And you were focused on the stat of the day, too, and which we all appreciate. I was really drilled in. <laughs> so, uh, me and Jeremy have our first, second, and third team. So, Jeremy, do you want me to start on third?
0: Well, let me let me do my first guard on third because I think you're going to really appreciate this Okay, pick. I'm, I'm here for it. And it's Drew Holiday. Oh, okay. I mean, three games, three wins, 19.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, 10.3 assists. So, he played really well in three blowout wins against yes. the Pacers that really went a long way for him making the 13
1: and didn't play the fourth quarter in many of those games Right. so I didn't even think about putting him on this because there were two guys with really good stats that I wanted to include so uh actually one of them I really did not want to include but my first guard I've uh Colin Sexton this is a weird one for me because mm-hmm. he went oh and three against the Pacers yep But averaged 28.3 points, 7.3 assists, and 1.7 steals. I thought he looked really good when he played against the Pacers. And uh, this is mostly just uh, me watching him and thinking he was really good. I got to put him on my team. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's your second guard?
0: Uh, My second guard came down between this guy and Sexton. The 0 3 for Sexton knocked him out for me. Even though this guy doesn't have spectacular stats, uh, he impacts the game in a really big way. And that's Luka Doncic. He did have a triple double, 13, 12, and 12. But he hurt. Yeah, he was hurt that game. Yeah. so that went that put him over the edge for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, did they only play? Did he only play one time against the Pacers, or was it twice? He only played one game. Okay. So my second guard. I hated doing this. Hated doing this. I have Paul George. 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Went two and zero against the Pacers. Dominant against the Pacers. Yep. I mean, just came out with a vengeance. He averaged. 55 from the field, 50 from three, and 100% from the free throw line. That He took 10 free throws altogether. So um, I made up the new stat. He's a 55-50-100 guy.
0: <laughs> against the Pacers. Against the Pacers. Yeah.
1: I don't know what his stats were this year. I try not to pay attention to Paul George too much anymore. But uh, dominated against the Pacers, I reluctantly put him in my, as my second guard on the third team.
0: Uh, so we already know one of my forwards. That's RJ Barrett. We talked about him. My other forward... I gave this guy the nod because he had the highest point total against the Pacers this year. That was Kevin Durant at 42 points, three rebounds, three assists, and yet another Nets big win against the Pacers. Okay,
1: he had three assists. For some reason, I wrote down 10 assists.
0: He might've, I might have looked at the wrong column. I could be wrong.
1: I might have also looked at the wrong column. So if you're listening, it was either three or 10. <laughs> <laughs> I have him as my first forward on this. Um, and I also put a note, makes the third team because he only played one game against yeah, the Pacers. Yeah, that's why he was team on my list. Yes, yeah, so we agree on that. Um and you said your second forward was R.J. Barrett. Yep. My second forward, I, I went ahead and switched this guy to forward because I I think the reason he has had a down year is because he's just really playing out of position. I have Andre Drummond at power forward right here.
0: Now he's not one of the guys you can. That's eligible at qualified. forward.
1: Oh, in my in the way that I do things, he is eligible for is, who's position. Your center again? I haven't read my center yet. Oh, okay. So, uh, I want to...
0: Maybe your center is a guy that is eligible and you'll be able to switch it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well,
1: no. My thing is, I think Drummond should be a point center or a point power forward. I think he should be the guy running your offense.
0: Have you seen him play recently?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they're playing him out of position is what I'm trying to say. He makes a good point
2: for his point. Well, I I
0: think they're playing (laughs) Anthony Davis out of position. You switch those guys. I'm just
1: saying, look, when your second and third best players are LeBron and Anthony Davis... Like Man, you're doing something wrong on, as a go coach to your, what's in your, that your order, center, or move or? On, get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Drummond averaged 11 points, 14 rebounds, 1.5 blocks, and went 1 and 1 against us. Uh, modest stats for an all-time NBA great, but changes the game in so many ways. I had to put him here.
0: You didn't, <laughs> and you know that. <laughs> All
1: right, who's your center?
0: Uh, uh, as I said, my center for my final team is Nikola Jokic. 26 points,
1: 13 rebounds, 6.5 assists in two games versus the Pacers. Yeah. I uh, Austin, you already gave a nod to this guy. I actually put Rashawn Holmes on my third team. Oh, wow. Uh, all against the Pacers because, first of all, he's really good against the Pacers this year. Two games, 2-0. Two oh, 14 points, 6.5 rebounds, not great, but averaged the most blocks per game against the Pacers this year at 4 per game. So I uh, went ahead and give, gave him the nod. I just thought he was a stellar talent. And the, he is. You uh, thought right. Yeah, and... Look, the Marvin bagley Rashawn Holmes duo against the Pacers was uh, really dominant and weird. So, And I thought Rashawn Holmes was the better player in that duo, so I went ahead and put him on my third team. So, uh, quick recap, Jeremy. Who's your third team, All-NBA?
0: I've got Drew Holiday and Luka Doncic at guard, Kevin Durant and RJ Barrett at forward, and Nikola Jokic at center.
1: Awesome. And I have Colin Sexton, Paul George at guards, Kevin Durant and Andre Drummond at forwards, and Rashawn Holmes at center. Nice. <laughs> I went ahead and made a, a all rookie team too. I, I know we didn't talk about doing this. Do right. you, you want to hear the all rookie yeah, team? Hear it. So this is against the Pacers. There's a lot of uh or there's a few guys who are gonna make the actual all rookie team in the NBA. So my guards, I have LaMelo ball, twelve points, six assists, and five rebounds against the Pacers, plus a poster dunk on Sabonis. That actually bumped him up pretty high on my <laughs> list because of that. Uh and then Anthony Edwards at seventeen and a half points, five rebounds, three and a half assists. And went 0-2 against the Pacers, but it's the rookie team. They all, you know, there's not a lot to choose from. My forwards, I have Isaac Okoro, who I'm not even sure is a forward. He might be a guard. I think he is. Okay, but he's a flex player, And according to my rules, if he is a guard. (laughs) Uh, For Cleveland, he averaged 14.5 points, six rebounds, three assists, and he had the only double-double by a rookie against the Pacers this year. Oh, nice. Boom. So so he's my rookie of the year against (laughs) the Pacers. He also went 0-2 against the Pacers. Uh, my next forward, I have Denny Avdia, right? Wow, yeah. Is that how you say it? I said that right, right? Avdia, yeah. Ah, okay, close. Uh, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist. Shot pretty well as well. I don't have the percentages, but I just remembered that he shot pretty well. And then at center, I have Isaiah Stewart, Austin's boy, Isaiah Stewart. 13.7 points. <laughs> Thick. 6.3 rebounds and 1.3 blocks, which led the league to... And rookie blocks against the Pacers, nice little known, little stats. a brick.
2: <laughs> it's a brick with legs. <laughs> Not nah, that doesn't mean he shoots bad. I mean he's just built like a brick.
1: Yeah, he's very he's Roy Hibbert esque.
2: Yeah, without the falling down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very similar stats to a Roy Hibbert too. Thirteen point seven point six point yeah. three rebounds. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so uh, you, no one else made rookie teams correct. Nah. Yeah. That, Makes sense. It wasn't very fun to make anyways. But, <laughs> hey, that's your rookie team. LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Isaac Okoro, Denny Av- Avdia, and Isaiah Stewart.
0: All right. Well, those are our All-NBA teams versus the Pacers.
2: Oh, no honorable mention for Alizé Johnson. We're just going to let that go.
1: Yeah. Dude, no. uh I had a gonna 20 give him, and 22. Yeah, I'm going to give him an honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Alizé Johnson. You're great. We're rooting for you. uh Not to win the championship, but make the finals. <laughs> At least.
0: All right, so real quick before we get to the Tyler Smith interview, we have our Pacers Team Awards for the year. These are all the awards you see the NBA give out. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved, and Rookie of the Year. But we're doing them just for the Pacers. Uh, Jack, do you want to lead us off with your MVP?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to go Aaron Holiday. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to go Demonis Sabonis as the Pacers MVP this year.
0: He is also my MVP.
1: Yes, and he uh, makes the cut mostly because, I mean, he's our best player. But the fans voted him most valuable player most times this year after games. So uh, I really yeah. took, I've, I factored that in. It's not just uh, us making this decision, it's everyone who's listening at <laughs> home right now or in your car. Austin, I, sorry, I cut I, you I, off. Do no, you have your MVP? I was going to say I also had Sabonis. Yeah, so. I, I think you'd be crazy not to have Sabonis. And uh, yeah, MVP right there.
0: All right, we'll move over to Breezy with your defensive player of the year. I got Miles Turner. Miles My, Turner, same.
1: Uh, I also have Miles Turner. Nice. <laughs> uh, you'd be crazy not to have him as your defensive player of the year. Yeah, TJ McConnell puts up a pretty good fight there. Yeah, though.
0: he's second for sure.
2: Pesky. Yeah,
1: yeah, and led the league in total steals.
2: Yep, and Turner
1: led the league in,
2: in blocks average for the second time, right
1: in his career. Technically, yeah, three point four. So, oh, does he not qualify? He
0: does not qualify. Well, he
1: he did win the award. Did you see that? Oh, they, he did? Yeah, because they said if he played six more games, the NBA has done this in the past, if he played the six more games to get to the minimum, then he still would have averaged more blocks per game ah. than Gobert. So they gave cool. Miles Turner the blocks champion. All right, that's nice. Yeah.
2: Nice, very nice of
1: them. Yeah, very kind. Very kind of the NBA.
0: <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take the six man, my sixth man of the year, T.J. McConnell.
2: Uh, I'll give it to Doug McDermott.
0: You know, he started way too much for me. He started
2: only he only started 29 games. Look, if Joe Ingles qualifies for the real six-man award, then I can give this award to Doug McDermott. 29
0: is almost half the games.
2: He played 66 games, if I'm remembering so that. So he yeah. started om- 66. literally almost half
0: the games. Hey.
2: But was, uh, there was no off the bench most of the games. There was no requirement set for this. Doug McDermott uh, was arguably the Pacers' second-best offensive player at times this year with Brogdon out, Lavert out. so, And he had a great season.
0: No, it's fair. I'm just saying I, I didn't consider him because he started too much.
1: You know what? I'm glad you guys are uh, disagreeing about this because my sixth man of the year is actually the McDouble Boys. I gave it to both TJ McConnell and Doug McDermott.
0: Boo, oh,
2: that's a cop out. <laughs> I did. And Has anybody ever shared that award in the real NBA? I doubt it. No, I probably not. So.
0: Also, you you still need to stop calling him that. No one else calls him that. Hey, the McDoubles. Ba- it's a bad
1: nickname. No, we get like like one more month to call him that because one of them won't be a Pacer next year. We'll see. Or we'll
3: both.
0: See. Or both. Happens. All right, Jack, back to you with your most improved player. Most improved?
1: I gave this to TJ McConnell. Okay. Um, I thought he was a real presence off the bench. And uh, I mean, based off how he played last year to this year, first of all, he made Aaron Holiday irrelevant, really stole those minutes as backup guard, became the first guy off the bench most games mm-hmm. and one of our most important players in most games as well. Um, really pesky, really learned how to harness his steal ability, um, sneaking behind people in the backcourt, stealing the ball. I just loved what he brought to the team as a as a creator and uh, also shot some threes this year, and I, I don't want to leave that one out and hit those threes. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, what about you?
0: Uh, my most improved is O'Shea Brissett. Of course. Because <laughs> I don't know... I don't see how you can start the year in the G League and finish the year scoring th- over 30 points multiple times. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: see, I'm going to quabble with that because I don't know if he qualifies. Get out of here. He did. He had nothing last year to improve from.
0: No, he started, Toronto. In the, he started in the G League and he ended the year playing big minutes for in the NBA. And did play, they, he played for the Raptors last year. Yeah, he was in the Raptors last year too. Did he play games? Nine, exactly. Improved. Most improved. <laughs>
1: okay. Great point, Jeremy. So last year he played 19 games for the Raptors, averaged seven minutes, 1.9 points. Um, So compared to his 10.9 points this year, jumped up nine points. How many
2: games did he play this year for the Pacers?
1: 21, started 16. Okay, I got to quabble with that too. Get out of (laughs) here. His three-point percentage (laughs) jumped from 20% last season to 42% this year. His rebounds changed from 1.4 last year to 5.5 this season.
0: Jack, thanks for making my argument for me. This I mean,
1: you know me. I'm the biggest O'Shea Brissett fan on this podcast. <laughs> uh, his field goal percent from t- from uh, last season with the Raptors was 36%. This season was almost 50%. O'Shea Brissett, man. Good pick right there. Thank you. Love that. And that was your most improved player, correct? Yep. Um, what about your rookie? Or do you have oh, your yeah. most improved? I have
2: most improved. I gave two awards to Doug McDermott and gave him <laughs> the
1: most improved
2: player. Yeah. Uh, he took his points per game. Just some quick baseline stats here. Took his points per game from 10.3 to 13.6. Um, a lot uh, of that had to do... he. O'Shea had a
0: three times larger jump in he, points.
2: <laughs> he went from nothing to something. But what nonetheless. Uh, his two-point percentages went up from 55 to 64. Um, his offensive rating... The highest it's ever been in his career at 121. Uh, here's the big thing about McDermott this year. His shots at the rim went way up. Uh, he Last year, he only took about 26% of his shots right at the rim from zero to three feet. This year, it went up to 40%. So last year, and, and even years before, you're thinking Doug McDermott coming off a lot of screens, big catch and shoot guy. This year, he was actually getting the ball in his hands getting to the cup um 57 of his shots were two pointers this year which also obviously went up uh in made percentage um just a great season from him i felt should have been a boston celtic uh in that gordon hayward trade which they didn't accept but uh you know really kept the pacers afloat with his offensive presence uh he still is not really a good defensive player at all um but I gave him most improved. I was debating between him and miles Turner. And when I dug into the numbers for Turner, he really didn't have that good of an offensive season at all. He kind of regressed in almost all of his shooting numbers besides right at the rim, which is good. You want your center to be good around the rim. Um, and he took that up to the highest percentage it's ever been. But, uh, and obviously defensive. This might have been his defensive best defensive season yet. Um, but I went with McDermott. Felt like there was the most improvement from him.
1: Creighton McDermott looked like that a lot this season. When yeah, there's I don't know how many times this year. I don't know if there's a way to figure this out, but seemed like he led the team in scoring many many times this year, mm-hmm. and um, was our second and third option for a lot of games too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a good pick right there. We all had different ones. Yeah, that's fun. There's some parity. Wow. <laughs>
2: no, all not right. in parody.
0: <laughs> uh finally is the rookie of year Breeze, I'll let you start on this one. So is this
2: like their first year playing for the Pacers rookie? You gotta be a rookie, rookie. Rookie it, it, rookie. Austin,
1: it's all up to you. You
2: you make uh, your decision. We're not uh, if it's first year for the Pacers, it's definitely Karis Levert. Uh but I think it has to go to Keelan Martin, right? He's not a rookie. <laughs> He's not a rookie? God, I thought O'Shea Brissett was a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> the Pacers have any – that have, one guy got in the dunk contest. They have two rookies, yeah. So <laughs>
0: that so you're going with that one guy. I'll go with Gash Stanley. He was on TV. <laughs> All right, Jack, you Rookie of the Year.
1: Well, I also went Karis LeVert. I didn't realize the rules, so my second choice was going to be Keelan Martin as well.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he – I'm kidding about that. He played last year, right?
1: Yeah. No, Keelan Martin did play last yeah. season. Yeah, he was on Minnesota. Um I went ahead and picked Cassius Stanley for this because it came down to Cassius Stanley or Amita Brema.
0: And let me tell you why you're wrong and why Amita Brima is my rookie <laughs> of me. the year. If you look at their per 36-minute stats, which gives you a better look at how they would play in an entire game, all of <laughs> his stats are better than Cassius Stanley's. All right, I'm looking this up. So he's got 16.1 points to Cassius's <laughs> 13.9, uh, almost 10 rebounds to Cassius's uh, 7.7, Just a a better player all around in the per 36-minute stats. Did you even say he had 6.2
1: blocks per 36? I didn't didn't need to.
0: It spoke for itself.
1: (laughs) I got to look up Cassius Stanley's 36. So Cassius Stanley per 36, 13.9 points. Oh, here comes another ad for hair loss. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You're going bald. I must be. You have nasty feet. (laughs) You're just a (laughs) No, nasty toenails. 13.9 points, 7.7 rebounds. Only 0.8 blocks. I think you're right about Amita Brema is per 36. There you go. The eye test alone, though, tells me Cassius Stanley's the rookie of the year. <laughs> Jeremy, you can have your opinions on Amita <laughs> Brema, but I do like that there's some differences in our choices. Amita Brema's a fun name, too. It is a fun name. Uh, do you remember when uh, <laughs> Marv Albert in the playing game couldn't figure out who Amita Brema was? You could hear him cycling through his papers. Marv Albert can't figure out who yeah, anybody is. I so. mixed up all a time. lot of you guys remember it if you're listening. It but took yes. him 15 <laughs> seconds to find <laughs> who Amit Abriva was. Yeah, he, he was at the free throw line, couldn't figure out who. Was. He also
0: couldn't tell the difference between O'Shea Brissett and Keelan Martin. <laughs> yes. Which, to be fair, if you're not a Pacers fan, like I get it. But yeah. you're, he, he's the announcer. <laughs> you got to know this stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think he does his research ahead of time. Just guessing. Especially Mark's this old,
0: year. man. Yeah. He's going to retire though, so we're almost done with him. All right, well, those are our Pacers year-end awards. Uh, hope you all enjoyed these segments. Coming up here in just a second is a conversation with Tyler Smith from IndieSportsLegends.com.
1: All right, I'm joined here with Tyler Smith from IndieSportsLegends.com. Tyler, how you doing? Doing great. How about you? Doing good. Um, so, Tyler, first of all, thanks for joining me on this episode. I'm so excited that you took time out of your busy schedule to do this. And, and if anyone listening right now doesn't already follow Tyler on Twitter, You're going to want to if you're a Pacers fan. That's at Tyler Smith underscore ISL. You can also go read some of his work since, you know, he's an insider for the Pacers, and uh, you can go read that at IndiesportsLegends.com. And, Tyler, I called you an insider there. I mean, is that something you consider yourself?
3: I would say a little bit. Uh, I get to go to all the home games. I typically have locker room access. This year, that was not the case for anybody. We just had Zoom interviews, but uh, I get asked questions to the players and Kevin Pritchard and the coach and everything, so – uh, I guess I would say I'm a I'm a little bit of an insider, and uh, I'm also just trying to, you know, kind of think along with fans a little bit and give some perspective with what's going on.
1: For sure, and Pacers aren't your only team. You uh, report on other teams as well.
3: Yeah, I do a little bit of IU basketball. Uh, so IndySportsLegends.com covers a lot of the uh, Indiana teams, and so uh, Pacers and IU are my main things. So there's a couple of reporters that do some Purdue stuff for us, and a little bit of Colts writing here and there, but. Uh, those are the main two for me.
1: Awesome. Uh, we actually just interviewed AJ Moye the other day, so that interview is getting posted pretty soon. So let's let's talk Pacers though, because there's been a lot going on. I don't know how you feel about this season. It's been a bummer for me. I'm um, not going to lie. I mean, it is kind of a different type of season where in a way, like I was kind of rooting for more losses so we can get a better pick, like get to experience the draft in a new way. It looks like we're going to be around like that 12 to 14 range but for you as a Pacers fan like how has this season been I mean I know as far as reporting like you said you can't go into locker rooms but I mean it's it's been a weird season and as a fan what's been kind of your takeaway this season
3: it's been kind of a mixed bag I mean like most people it was really disappointing we had uh you know higher expectations for the team and obviously they they went 13 and 23 at home which was just one of the weirdest things we've ever witnessed I mean there's been times when they've not been a good team, but they've always been uh, pretty good at home, you know, with that winning winning streak for 30-some years. Part of it, though, I was it was so refreshing to be able to go back to the building to experience games after that long layoff and all that uncertainty. So I am still, you know, in that regard, I'm still very thankful that this season happened. And, you know, any, any chance I get to experience games and reporting is cool. It was just overall, uh, even with the injuries, uh, just a lot lot less wins than what we expected.
1: Yeah, for sure. And a big part of the Pacers organization is um, getting those home wins, selling tickets, having a good um, enough team to sell those tickets too. We weren't able to go to the games for most of the year, but I, I don't know how much that contributed to it all. Uh, what What I did notice beginning of the season was we came out hot to start the season. Then, you know, some of the Depot stuff happened. I'll, I'll let you talk about that a little bit too. But there was some... You know, like I think a lot of the players in the organization had their mind on Oladipo. Like, what's Oladipo doing? And we traded Oladipo. We lost that creator. We got Karis LeVert, who missed a lot of time. Took a little bit of time to get back to his normal self too. And I don't know. For for me, it just seemed like that caused a huge speed bump in the team this year. And then we could just never get back on track. What, what was your take on the Oladipo conundrum? I guess.
3: Yeah, conundrum is a good word because. Here was a guy who just a couple years ago was looking like he could have been on the Mount Rushmore of Pacer as far as, you know, fan uh, fan appreciation. I mean, he was on that track, um, especially with that IU connection, and he was just so good in that 2018 season. Something definitely changed after the interview. I don't know if it was agents or just different things, different people in his ear. Um, he turned out a pretty big offer for the Pacers, but was looking for, you know, a max, uh, max contract, which he's not going to get no uh, especially with the new new injury um but Kevin Pritchard mentioned this week that him and Herb Simon when they had that chance to say no to the deal because of health in, you know health issues with LaVert they both agreed that this is going to hurt us for this season but we're thinking long term here so i i think 10 times out of 10 they still would have done that deal even if Oladipo was healthy um and and they admitted at that time that this is going to hurt especially TJ Warren's out. Now you lose that Oladipo Levert, you know, pick one of them uh, to have and, and, you know, probably some more wins would have uh, been uh, on the record there, but that's just uh, another list and another item on the long list of things this year that uh, did not go as planned. um, And you can understand how difficult that must've been for those couple starters to be out. um, But I still think it was a good trade and one they would redo if they could.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wish they would trade some of my Oladipo jerseys in uh, for me for free to get like a Karis LeVert jersey or something. But, yeah, I think I'm sitting at four or five right now if you count t-shirt jerseys. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but it's all right. I loved Oladipo and his time there, and I think I'm getting over it now fully to where I can appreciate him again. But, uh, okay, so next season – this might be a crazy off season, first of all, but next season, what of our five, like, star players, I guess? So, Turner, Sabonis, Warren – Brogdon, Lavert. Which of those five do you expect to see in Pacers uniform next year?
3: Really good question. It can go a number of different ways, but I I'm going to stick to my guns here, and I think that four of them are going to be back, and I do think that this will be the year that one of the one of the you know bigs gets traded. Um, even though I just asked Kevin Pritchard about Turner and Sabonis, and he was still completely on board with both of them. You know, he, he told me that, uh, you know, they they have different skill sets. Um, you can stagger them. And I agree. Like, I've, I've, I'll I've i be honest. I've been Team Turbonus pretty much the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, staggering them is important. The fact that they're both 24, 25 years old, and they have really good skill sets, and it's hard to stay healthy. I mean, if you only keep one and that guy gets hurt, then what do you do? Um, so there's a lot of intrigue to keeping both at the same time. If that's one of your only trade assets and you've got to improve in other areas, you can't just rely on, Hey, TJ Warren's going to come back and, and fix all of our issues. He'll fix some of them for sure. He was dearly missed. Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like those other four guys, you know, four of the guys will be here. So I'm, I'm, I, I mean, it's hard to say, but I'm going to guess that Turner's the one because just because he's been the one, mentioned in trade talks before. I mean, they nearly dealt him for Hayward. He was apparently on the block, uh, with Charlotte last year. And, um, I don't know. I just, it would be strange to me if they run back the same five without doing something different.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, percentage wise, I I think you can look at it like Levert and Warren might be a hundred percent. Well, I, it depends on how Warren's feeling. Uh, exactly. I, You read the Bleacher Report article, I'm assuming. Did you take anything away from that? Like, did you see it as valid? Have you been hearing the same things? Or do you think there was some truth to it, I guess?
3: I think all the TJ Warren stuff was not accurate. Uh, TJ was – he called it ridiculous, and he was very adamant about it. Um, But I do think when something like that comes out, I don't think we can dismiss it and say it's 100% false. I think there's got to be a little bit of truth to that. And even Kevin Pritchard, when he was like, most of what you read was BS. Well, that still doesn't mean all of it. I mean, there's still a little bit. And and before the Bleach Report thing was the Woj Report. Right. And that very night, we asked Nate Bjorkman in his pregame media session about how things were. And he admitted to, it's been a rough couple days, but he never said that you know, he never denied any of those things being true. So I think at the very least, there was some, some talk about him and not really getting along. Uh, yesterday, Kevin Pritchard mentioned that um, behind closed doors, they seem to get along great, but it's like in the heat of the moment and, you know, during the game time that he, uh, you know, different roles and micromanages and kind of treats people not the best. And so I do think there's some truth to what was written out there.
1: Yeah, and there's definitely a, uh, a a thing when new coaches come in and start trying to coach like their veteran coaches and been there a long time. Like, it is it is different for a new coach to communicate with players than it is for, like, a Greg Popovich to come in and communicate with players because there's certain um, expectations and your voice is appreciated in certain ways. So I think Bjorkgren's been trying to figure that out. And But, wh- you know, one of my takeaways, and we've talked about it on this podcast, is, like you said, even, like, that, like, Maybe 50% of that article is true. Maybe 50% is false. Even that, like, even if 50% of it's true, that could be condemning for Bjorkgren as a coach. I don't know if he can come back from something like this. So, Well, let me ask you this. Do you think, based on what you're hearing, that Bjorkgren will be the coach next year?
3: My gut says no. And I'm just kind of going off a little bit of history here. Even if you dismiss the Bleacher Report article, the Woj Report by itself is hard to come back from for him to, to put out, and he's hardly ever wrong, for him to put out that there's some issues, it's hard to come back from that. And then also when you're, you know, you're the Pacers president says like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm not committed either way. Uh, we've got to have some conversations. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement. That's not like, hey, for sure, he's our guy. He did have a lot of good things to say. And I kind of came away from his press conference thinking, hey, there's a chance that Bjorken does come back after the things that he said. But I would still lean toward no. Um, those two things combined with a subpar season, uh, probably probably tough to come back from.
1: Yeah, definitely. There were two times this year, I mean, towards the end, it was the Greg Foster-Goga uh, Batadze argument and the, the final loss to the Wizards. Both those games, I, I thought after the game, we're going to wake up and we're going to have a new head coach or no head coach um and he stuck around so they have some kind of faith in him at least a little bit and yeah we'll see for sure okay let's let's pretend you're a general manager for a bit if you take over you're running the Pacers organization what's your first couple of moves
3: that's a good one um i think this would be the year that i would try to see what it took to move up in the draft um i would love to keep the 13th pick but if it takes 13th pick plus a player to move into you know the top six somewhere, if it's possible, this would be the year that I think I would do it. I think the fan base is ready for it. I think some some new youth and energy, something to be excited about um, after you know obviously what happened this year. That would be that would be a great thing. I do you know a lot of people are kind of mixed on this draft. I think it's fairly deep. I think there's some good pieces up there, um, but I would look into what that would take, and then uh, I would also as much as it pains me, I would take offers for both Turner and Sabonis and just see what's out there. Doesn't mean you have to take anything. Um, you know these guys are okay if they hear their name in trade rumors. It's happened before. Yeah. But if somebody blows me away for one of those guys, I'm I'm highly considering it. Um, from there, I think the toughest decision is a guy like Brogdon. I feel like he plays better off the ball. I mean, we saw when like uh, at times when McConnell was in and Brogdon was off the ball, he's more effective. He was really effective in Milwaukee doing that he gets kind of a bad reputation for, for certain things. And who knows if he's really had problems with each of the last two coaches after, you know, having high praise for them, but he is a really good player. I mean, 21 points, six assists, five boards uh, can make some clutch plays, but he's going to be, I think 29. And he obviously is injury prone, makes a lot of money. Um, So that's a tough, tough decision. What do you want to do there? Do you want a guy like Levert? McConnell to kind of take care of the ball and and slide Brogdon over more or do you maybe think that he is a trade piece himself right uh maybe he's the maybe he's the one plus the pick that gets you into the top 6 or 7 um so i don't know if they have enough money to sign uh both McConnell and McDermott um i think i'd probably keep McConnell plus i think he would uh cost less um but other than that man i don't know as far as uh free agents how much I need to look closer at what they're going to have. It's not going to be a ton of money available, um, but I would see what I could do in trades and in the draft.
1: Yeah, I'm holding out hope uh, for Demar Derozan to come to Indy. I don't think it'll happen, but and uh, that happening, and then moving T.J. Warren to the four and moving. If it was me, I'd try to move Miles Turner in a pick or something and move up in the draft. I don't know what pick the Warriors will have. I think there's a move there where we can get Miles Turner and another asset or something and get James Wiseman in a pick or something. I I don't know. I, I just think Miles Turner has so much trade value right now um, that it would be crazy to not explore it for sure. And I, I think you're right with that. Let's talk about your favorite Pacers all time. Like if you have to make a top five Pacers roster or top five Pacers that you love to watch or just best players ever, uh, who's in your starting five?
3: All right. So which one do you want? My favorites or the best?
1: Let's go your favorites.
3: Okay. So my favorites, I'd put Jermaine O'Neill at the five. And I would probably put David West at the four. These are just my favorites to watch. Yeah. Um definitely Reggie at the two. Uh and okay, I'm gonna say this and I'll probably tick off about half the fan base, but I'm gonna say PG twenty four, not oh. PG thirteen. Okay. When Paul George was number twenty four He was incredible, one of the most liked players to root for. He was great with media, great with the fans. And obviously something changed when he changed his number and some stardom went to his head, and then Larry Bird stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah, But really, really liked Paul George when he was 24. And then – so, yeah, a lot of – a lot more old school here. It's tough for me to take out – um, well, I guess you didn't say by position, so I can throw Danny Granger in there. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. definitely.
3: Yeah, Danny Granger would be on that list. And then obviously there's some close honorable mentions, you know, the, the 2018 Oladipo and, um, thinking, you know, obviously like Mark Jackson and those guys would be honorable mention, but that would probably be my five favorites. I
1: have a similar team. I would never put Paul George on my team. I don't think I'm ready to do that, but I think the PG 24, uh, you said fifty percent of the fans might not like that. Uh, I think that's actually a really political answer, and I think that's a good one too. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'll uh, make a graphic and we'll put that on the post whenever we post this interview too. But I'll ask you just a few more questions. I I know you got things to do, but since you've had access to the players and the organization and been able to go in press conferences after games, what's been like one of your best experiences as a reporter in that situation, as a writer in that situation? Um, with a player, with someone in management? like What's been your best experience so far?
3: Well, one of them that comes to mind is actually a non-pacer thing. It was uh, a couple of Novembers ago. I got a chance to talk to Vince Carter, and it was his last time um, in Indiana. And it was they were playing a back-to-back, so they were trying to leave. So there wasn't a whole lot of reporters around them. And I went up to him and had a couple of questions. Um, it's on my Twitter way back when. But uh, just a chance to say, like, hey, we loved – we loved uh, watching you here in Indiana. We pretended to be Reggie Miller, and then we pretended to be you in the dunk contest. And he was very, very appreciative. And so that was a really cool moment. Um, when I first started doing this seven years ago, that's when the Pacers were the one seed uh, before everything came apart, and then PG got hurt the next year. But that was an incredible experience, the playoffs with Miami. Uh, there was a time when uh, Roy Hibbert was, would play Call of Duty really loud um, after wins and uh uh, david benner would have to go over to him and and treat him like a child of course he's like seven foot but he's like roy roy i told you you got to turn that down and uh we're doing interviews now he's like just one more (laughs) so that was a fun experience and then uh, a couple years ago when we first got uh, jeremy lamb and tj mcconnell those guys were hilarious in the locker room always joking always pulling pranks um oladipo was always singing um, But Lamb and McConnell would have all these jokes. And one time when uh, the T.J. Warren uh, – or, yeah, it was the T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler near fight in that game. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they were mad at each other, Lamb and McConnell, because uh, I guess one of them, McConnell, had a history playing with Butler. And McConnell said something to Jeremy like, hey, just because – he said something like, hey, just because I'm, I'm uh, yelling at you, uh, don't flatter yourself. I'm not mad at you. And it was just <laughs> – <laughs> You know, things like that are just cool because it's almost like, like, hey, these are similar to, uh, you know, high school, you know, college players. You know, they're they're just normal people having fun, um, obviously, on a much different level. But um, those are some things that come to mind.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So uh, before I let you go, any advice to someone starting out in media? What's like the first step um, for anyone listening that is interested in getting into something like this?
3: I would just say if you're, especially if you're writing, um, just keep writing, keep putting your stuff out there, network with as many, many people as you can. Um, You never know what opportunities may come up. Um, But I think, I think a lot of people, they want results right away and they want like major clicks, major views, major uh, followers. It doesn't always happen overnight. So celebrate the fact. I mean, if you do a podcast and five people listen or you write an article and 10 people read it, you know, celebrate that. Don't think that it's uh, some negative thing. Um, You know, just continue to hone your craft, have fun with it. You know, you're doing it because you feel led to do it. So enjoy yourself and, uh, you know, good things will come, I think.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I I appreciate it a ton. Thanks for taking time to be a part of this podcast today. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back
3: again soon. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
0: Our thanks to Tyler Smith for joining us today for that great conversation. Uh, And that's it for us. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. We'll have more coming for you. AJ Moyer interview coming next week. For Jack and Breezy, this is Jeremy. See y'all later. Peace out. Shibona <laughs> 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 says, You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to
2: give it to you. Are you oh. kidding me?
0: a bonus brought it to him.